And we are back. Welcome to the show, my people. To all those pressing me about getting more shows done, blame producer Ryan Hale. I repeat, producer Ryan Hale. And my actual job, of course, because, you know, it's pre-season and the club don't want to make it all about me. And I'm going to have to deal with that just one more time. But anyway, here we are. And sitting across from me is the Rail Salt Lake golden boy, my roommate, my fellow podcaster, our number 10, the Slovak Mancunian. He is, I'm, I'm going to make sure I say this right. He is Albert Ruznak. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's good, man. I'm good. I, I speak I speak Slovakian now. Welcome to the show, my guy. How are you? Thank you. I'm uh, very well. A little bit tired after the after the session this morning, but um, yeah, excited to be part of your podcast for the first time. Oh, so cute, man. That's so cute. Just think we've been avoiding each other on podcasts for the last like nine months while we've been rolling. It's not right, that is it? No, but I feel like you're far ahead. So no, 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 no. It's just, the difference is like we both have one, but I do mine, and you just turn up for yours. Yeah, okay. I guess. Yeah, that sums it up. <laughs> Maybe that's the reason why. But but anyway, yeah. let's skip all that. Like I've got a feeling this podcast could be really long. But we're both very tired, so I'm going to make sure it's not too long, okay? So one of the things about this show as a concept is, like, I'm trying to deliver a message to people about the guests, which is a bit different to the norm. So for today, I'm hoping to learn, I'm hoping to learn stuff about you as well as the listeners, the type of stuff which you can't find on your Wikipedia page, yeah? Because it's easy, you know, you can just search your name and see what pops up, yep. blah, blah, blah. That's so you want the deeper information. Yeah, or just ask the questions which perhaps they won't ask because, you know, on a day-to-day basis, someone might ask you, oh, so how do you feel about the game coming up or how do you feel about the game that just went? But very rarely did they ask you about, like, how do you feel? You know, it's, it's, it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> interestingly, the other day, we were doing the media day, weren't we? And I was sitting across from you and there was a question about what one word would you use to describe yourself, yeah? So I don't know what you've said yet, but that got me thinking. And in terms of who you are as a person, do you think people actually know what you're like? No. I don't I don't think the people that would have sat down with me, spoke to me, spent some time off the field with me. Um I don't think unless you do that, you you really you really get to know who I am. Obviously, you know, when you see me on the field or uh, after the game doing a, an interview or a press conference, that's that's completely different, you know, because that's that's the job, and uh, you know, and there's the certain stuff that I not have to say, but you know, certain yeah. stuff I can't say, yeah, so, and can't do. Yeah, yeah. So do you think that's like the media's fault in terms of they don't really care who you are, they just care about what you do? So that's always going to be the focus. Yeah, that's what I feel like. Yeah, and especially and especially yeah with with the football stuff, the soccer stuff. Um, but you know, out, outside, once I come home and, uh, and I'm with my family or friends or whatever, uh, yeah, I think I'm, uh, I'm, uh, not completely different persons, but definitely there's something that mm-hmm. people wouldn't know. Do you, um, if you had the chance, do you, do you want people to know what you like? Um, would you rather just like have a sort of air of like mystique about it? Yeah. I mean... I don't want everyone to know what I'm like. I don't. What, I don't. Are I don't, you a bad person? Are you, are you no, a but I don't feel like that's gonna benefit me if everybody knows what I'm like. That's interesting. That's interesting because I think you're a good guy. So why wouldn't you want everyone to know you're a good guy? I guess it's not that I don't want, but on the other side, I'm not. I don't. I don't want to say I don't care, mm-hmm. but I'm not keen on everybody knowing who I am. Yeah. 
I see or that. how I am, shall I say. But then to be fair, how can you really do it this day and age? Because you can be on social media, but social media is basically... It's fake. Just, it's fake. It's like personal advertising. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, look at the life which I live. Look at the stuff which I have. Yeah. Look at these products which I sell or whatever. Like, it's not... Yeah. It's not real life. And then as I say, from the media standpoint, like, it's... So this... Let me get into this first. So as... From doing the podcasting and doing stuff which is outside of just regular media it really brought home to me the fact that people will never see your perspective until you show it to them, if you know what I mean. Like the everyday person outside knows what football or soccer is, but they don't know the ins and outs of how it works day to day. They see the Saturday stuff, yeah? Yeah. But the way that we are, we go about our lives just taking it for granted that everybody can see how we see things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I realized over time that telling stories and it really talking about the little things, which you'd never talk about in work because it's so regular, that's what people kind of want to hear. Yeah, you're you know right. What I mean? Yeah, and you don't really, as I say, you don't really realize it until someone says, "Oh, you know, I loved your story about turning up to training." And I'm like, "Well, it's just it's normal." Yeah, yeah it's like, I was just yeah, up yeah, to that's training. true. I mean, yeah, but it's, it goes the same way as if, for example, someone's a lawyer. Uh, all we're gonna see is, uh, you know, the the final case and mm. and whether he has won or lost. But we don't know the daily stuff. Yeah. So for me, it would be more interesting to hear also their side of of the stories, like you said, and and what goes on mm-hmm. that we don't know about. So I completely understand, you know. Yeah, it's all the stuff that we, we pretty much show them, whether it's on a Saturday or just in the press afterwards, like the tip of the iceberg, you know. Yeah. But the tip is on, it's like it's But you've seen bit. a picture what's yeah, underneath the ex- water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's all that other stuff. And yeah. I think it's interesting because, as I say, I try and be, for me, I try and be authentic in terms of who I am. I try and deliver that into the media that I do. And I also try and be authentic on social media, which is why I have a private account. Like, I don't think, it doesn't feel like if you have an open account, you can genuinely be yourself because there'll be so many people that won't like it they'll just press you about it you know what i mean yeah. whereas for me this isn't right or wrong it's just the way that i do it i will be followed or follow anyone who i've met in real life so you know if if i'm going to meet someone next week and someone tries to follow me this week i probably won't accept the follow request until i've actually seen they're actually a respectable human being you know what mm, i mean yeah. Whereas other people, they live and die by their followers. Like uh, the new currency is attention and stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. So the more they have, the more value they feel they have. But anyway, let's let's move on from that. Um, I, the question which I asked then. So on media day, which one word did you use to describe yourself? I think I've wrote down character. It's <laughs> <coughs> on the fence. That's that's neither here nor there. What is what is character? Please define that. I think you helped me out with that though. No, nah, I didn't say character. I didn't say character. I didn't say character. Uh, that's too. That's too. That's too generic. Uh, what did you? What's say? generic? Um, it's just standard you know what I mean it's just like an, just a thing to say you could be more specific you could be more specific to you I don't know if there is one word that would describe me I mean there's this, this a few um, but you know I didn't I don't want to list such things as ambitious for example cause why? Like, why why because that's just that's just that's just what it's normal it's standard no but it's not that's the thing that's that's the big thing about perspective that isn't normal for everybody there are lots of people who are very comfortable not being ambitious because you have the safety net around you of what you're used to yeah well ambitious was one of the words that came to my mind but i guess when it comes to stuff like that like one word or like specifically one thing i don't want to list something that's that i see as normal i want to do something that i see as like well, there's only few people that I have in my eyes as that, that, and that. Even though you you could be like a hundred percent behind something that is normal, but only sixty percent behind something that's a bit different. 
Yeah, I would try and yeah, I would try and go for that something that's different. So basically, you don't want anyone to know you then. That's kind of we've gone full circle. What? <laughs> that's basically what's happened. You, you basically had the chance to describe yourself in one word, and you chose not to describe yourself in one word specifically, but go for something which you. Yeah, kind but how of can are. how can you describe yourself in one word? You could find lots of different words and then choose from that. So yeah, so, but then you're describing yourself in one word. Yeah, like it's, so, okay. you know what I mean. Okay, but there's no right answer to it. But still, we judge it like it's a test. I don't think there's wrong. Yeah, I mean, there is wrong answer. You're right. Well, well there's not. There's, there's not. You could say whatever. You could say and like you're, you're a sleaze or you're like an alcoholic or whatever. Like that's just who you are, and like just own it because that's who you are. But people, again, that's another moment where you kind of, not for you essentially because you are ambitious, but you kind of went for something which is part of you but not the biggest part of you. I think I may have left the thing blank actually. <laughs> there you go. There you go. To describe so your one word blank. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good. Because yeah. there isn't one word that would describe me as a person. I know what it is, it's clown. But anyway. <laughs> so um <clears throat> a quick history lesson for those who don't know, this information is readily available on Wikipedia. Type in Albert's name and you'll see all this stuff. But there's one thing actually which caught me off guard. So you're Slovakian international, born in the Czech Republic. You keep this very quiet. Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't keep it quiet, but I don't. You don't talk about it. You feel ashamed. No, I don't feel ashamed. You can't be. You can't feel ashamed. Where were you born? It's got mm -hmm. nothing. It's, it's, not, it's out of your control. Mm -hmm. um, and when I was born in Czech Republic, that's where my father played. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason. But I believe in less than a year we already moved to Slovakia. Both of my parents are Slovakian, um, and I ended up playing for Slovakia's national team. And Slovakia and Czech Republic is a big rivalry. So, in the moment when you were first being considered, like, did you play Slovakian youth levels? Yeah, all of the, yeah. Okay, so when you first got called up for Slovakia, if there was the option to play for the Czech Republic, what would you have gone for? No, I would have gone for Slovakia. And how about when you Because I never felt, con not connected to Czech Republic, but I've never, I don't remember any yeah. youth spending there, any, you know, I don't think I have any family members there. It was a simple case of that my dad has played professionally in Czech Republic when I when my mom was pregnant with me and mm -hmm. and I was born there but uh I don't even think many Czech people know that I'm born in Czech because I've never you had the because you keep it quiet yeah I guess <laughs> you're right yeah okay well anyway I was going this is the point I was trying to make anyway you started off at Man you went to Man City's Academy you had three loan spells from there Oldham Birmingham City Cambor yep in Holland then you went to Groningen yep and then from Groningen you came to RSO and here you are now in the podcasting booth so all that information, there you go. I've ticked it off. Everyone knows this is factual. That's who he is. But anyway, let's move on. Let's now talk about your footballing DNA, yeah? So you've mentioned there twice that your dad actually played professionally. Mm -hmm. Shout out to your dad, by the way, who's got the exact same name. Yeah, So you're exactly Albert, who's like the second, or are you going to be yeah. third? Yeah, I think I'm, we just say younger, older. Okay, so we just call you junior then? Yeah. Okay, so you are junior. Did you feel pressure coming up in terms of like trying to turn pro, knowing that your father was already a... Uh, a professional in his time um well at a young age when i first found out that he played from different people and listening to different people talk about my dad they have said that he was he was a great player you know he was nothing that when i look back now what i am he was a, a striker that's fast physical mm -hmm. bigger than me where i'm a midfielder smaller and so on um but not really not really the pressure but i believe that he by the way, he had to finish his career due to car accident. Okay. Um, at a young age. So How old are we talking? Um, I think he was twenty two. Oh, really that young. Three. Okay. Right. Um so yeah. So anyway, uh I didn't feel extra pressure, but I knew that 
he really wants me to do better than he did mm-hmm. and up to this day he still calls me after every game and let's you know text me and still speaks to me like you know like he sees i believe he sees himself in me yeah and he wants me to be better than than he was and he doesn't want me to do the same mistakes that he did yeah i think some of that is related to just being a father in general i feel obviously that's very specific to playing the game as a professional but you know that's yeah but i believe i have a relationship with my dad like obviously he's my father but there's also like a friendship as a as a friend you know yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. there's a bit more to that do you think having him um having a father who played do you think that gave you an advantage in terms of your likelihood to become professional or was it not was it nothing in particular i feel like in my case it was a it was a big advantage for me because you know when you're nine and ten and uh you come home from school and your dad wants you to do extra at that young age it's hard to to find out or to recognize within yourself that I need to do extra in order to become a better player. I can't just do what's yeah. done at training. Yeah. And at that young age, I still remember whether it was just stretching or kicking a ball against the wall or doing whatever, he was always there and he was the one that almost made me do it. I don't, I don't remember exactly if at that age I wanted to do it. Or why you were doing it. Or why I was doing it. Yeah. But I was doing it because he was there and he was he was making sure that I'm going to do it. That's the value of experience really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, most people tend to get that given to them when they get older. Yeah. But to be able to see that on a day-to-day basis, yeah, yeah. it's a big thing. So to shout out your actual real life now, what's your uh, fiancé called? Tatiana. And your daughter's called? Ariana. If you were to have a boy, Yana, in 2020, would you feel... <laughs> that you'd want him to go and do what you did yeah in some ways why is that because i, I like for me i'm the flip so i i have a son and i've got no if he if he wants to play football fine but i'm not concerned if, if he doesn't want to yeah him. but i mean well when how was your son he's only 18 months now yeah so you i mean there has listen, to be oh, listen i've seen i've seen some of the training videos online like some kids are active from very young yeah but i don't believe that like when they're 18 months old you have to pressure them and make them kick a ball it comes at a at a certain age you sign them from eight years old now yeah yeah but i mean eight years old is different than 18 months. yeah but i think some kids at eight years old are literally like the 12 years old in the way that they play yeah i mean i don't think i would push him too much into it but if i see he was kind of into it and kind of not i would try and make it trying to make him go that direction listen but if he was not into it at all i would not put a pressure on him to be a football this is so interesting when people talk about stuff like this like i want my child to be open and free and this that and the other but when they're that age is you that's giving them stuff to do if you know what i mean yeah like a child wouldn't be into football essentially if you never had a football in the house or a ball you know what i mean yeah. So we'd be like, oh, you know, see how he gets on with this ball and these goals and these boots, which I got them and they're just dribbling around these cones. You know, that like, yeah. you still, there's a subconscious lean towards one side. You, can, you can't help it. It just always happens. But anyway, right, this is the point. I, I mentioned this to Albert before we came on the show that at some point I was going to grill him and try and get him to be completely honest. Yeah. So just for the next five minutes, just indulge me. Yeah. I want you to be honest. I'm ready. The first question is just like a light, int- the first couple of questions, just light intros, nothing, <laughs> nothing major. Yeah. So for the people that don't know you who listen outside of um, this space, how would you describe your style of play? Bear in mind now, there's no footage attached to this. There's not going to be like a cut to a video of you like doing what you do. Like, how would you describe yourself? Smooth. Oh my, f- oh my God. <laughs> Cancel the podcast. It's done. Brian, it's done. Nah. It's done. Cut it. It's done. <laughs> my style of play. I mean. So you have to now step out of the box and look at yourself. Yeah. This is the big thing now. Really think about this. 
Because I say this. But maybe the words that you've got in your mind, I don't even know what they mean. So no, I'm gonna no, be no. More you, basic. You, describe, you describe yourself in the best way that you can. Like, I'm not necessarily great with words. I just, I think I understand what you like as a player, but you tell me, you tell me what you think you, what you think you are. Well, I think first of all, I'm more of a team player okay. than uh, than looking at the end of the season how many goals I have or how many assists I have or how many individual things I have won. Mm-hmm. I think I put a team 100% ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, I think I'm an intelligent player mm-hmm. um, that doesn't necessarily have to be involved everywhere on a field you know like those players that never stop running and you can just spot them from a mile away for someone who maybe comes to the first soccer game and he watches it you know I may go I may go missing for 10-15 minutes but that's not that's to the naked eye though yeah yeah yeah. that's not because I don't want the ball or I'm tired or something but you know there are parts of the game where I have to do you know yeah and just basically look where you know Mm -hmm. I should be next time and all that so yeah intelligent um what else? I think I'm an effective player for the team on the ball. Mm-hmm. Definitely on the ball is more effective than off the ball for the team, to what? be completely honest. Okay, that's I respect it. Um, uh, no, I know, you know, I'm an attacking player, so if if I do my job on the attacking half of the field, then, you know, even like my teammates like you, you'll kind of, you know, look through the stuff that I didn't do defensively. <laughs> but when you don't do your job as an attacker <laughs> and you don't do your job as a defender, Defender, then yes, then you know. why are you out there? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll go for another soft question before I hit you with a hard one. Yeah, okay. Actually, I've got two. Oh, let me have a read. Oh, I've got three big ones coming up. Three really big ones. Um, so when I was when I was first coming through in the academies and all that stuff, I was actually playing as a nine. Um, what? <laughs> listen, I've got I've got some goal records. Who was your idol? Who was your idol? That's exactly nine? what I was going to say. That's the question. Mine was Thierry Henry, and that was shortly after um, Ian Wright and people like that. They were like kings to me. Thierry Henry, the way he played in that era in the Premier League was different to anybody else. You know, whereas now there's a bit more of like a a model for a type of striker that people like. Thierry Henry yeah. was just Thierry Henry. Like, yeah. no questions asked. This is the dude. But who would you say your idols were when you were younger? Michael Owen and Fernando Torres. Re- oh, you were a Liverpool fan at the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, keep that quiet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what did you like about Michael Owen? I mean, I was so young. Just so goals. So, yeah. I mean, as a kid, you know, I didn't know where I'm going to play when I'm older. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as a kid, I think there's more kids nowadays that want to be strikers mm-hmm. and score goals than they want to be defenders. Okay. Um, Are you comfortable, by the way? Yeah. Okay, it's time. How about now? This is the beginning of the three-parter, okay? I want you to be as honest as you can be about your strengths and weaknesses as a player. Okay. Being completely honest strengths and weaknesses okay well strengths uh definitely passing um the ball i don't uh you're talking short passing long passing i'm doing both i'm going for short and long and middle range yeah. all the ranges the whole, he's the best quarterback in the um, world. um but let me actually go into weaknesses i believe one of the weaknesses is my speed i don't feel like i'm a I'm a fast player. Do you think you need that though? Um, well, I mean, if you if you guarantee that I'm going to be faster and I ain't going to lose nothing else, then yeah, I think it would help me. Okay. Um, especially sometimes with playing out wide, whether mm-hmm. that's for the national team or even a couple of games a season here, you know, 
the wingers nowadays, everybody wants to see, you know, get the ball one-on-one, mm-hmm. you know, at pace. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I would do a speed one of those things. Um, you find this quite hard because you're another, a perfect player. No, 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 no. I'm trying to find the right word uh, to describe it. Uh, I don't think... I feel like... Is that a weakness? Try me. Let me see. Nah, that's not a weakness. That's not a weakness. Uh, just go for strength then. Just keep going. For strength? Yeah, just keep going. Either or. Say whichever one you want. Um, I would even say shooting as a, as a strength. Um, as a, as an attacking midfielder, you know, goals are expected. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't get into chances every game into the ones that should be turned into goals. But I feel like when I do, then then my ratio of the big chances that I have in the games, I believe the ratio would be quite quite so, good. But on the other side, it could be a weakness that I'm not attempting the risky stuff too much. So I don't know how I would describe that. Yeah. But... You should probably, a weakness could be that you're too safe in the way that you play sometimes. Yes, that could be. That could be a weakness. Um, you know, many times I look back at a game and I'm thinking like, why, why didn't I shoot there but I chose to pass? You know, well, sometimes it's the better option to do. Yeah. But yeah, most of the times it's just I don't know. That's that's what clicks in my head. Mm-hmm. Always trying to find the player in a better position with the ball. So sometimes, if I could be more selfish, and I am aware of it, mm-hmm. that sometimes I do need to be, especially in the final third, more selfish. Um, but it's not something that's uh, that's that's like nature to me. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen in a yeah. split second. You have to decide. Most of the times, I will look for a for an extra pass, or you know. So that could sit as a strength and a weakness. Yeah. So it goes. Yeah. It goes. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, another weakness. It's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to name anymore. This that was another little lead into the main bit now. So, to be completely honest with yourself, have you ever heard the concept of like a personal ceiling? Yeah. Where, how high do you think yours is in terms of your potential? What do you reckon your potential is? To describe a situation which you could be in. What is your I personal mean, ceiling? I think it's tough to say where your own potential is. Like when I say where, I don't mean to say pick a club, but I'm talking about to pick a level of competition. Like say, do you view your potential as being somebody who should be contesting for a World Cup? If someone should be contesting for leagues someone should be contesting for individual titles within teams and individual accolades within like whole leagues you know what i mean like should you like should you be do you believe your potential is high enough so whereby you should be a contender for mvp in an mls season or do you believe that you should be able to be going for a league title in any country in the world like how do you how high do you think you can get well how high i can get you know in three years time requires, and f- yeah exactly yeah. just in your career obviously it requires yeah. lots of good fortune and stuff in my career yeah but there's there's always there's always stuff or like achievements that i have on my mind that i would want to do mm-hmm. and you can link those to i mean achievements and potential is two different things yes it is yeah because without a successful career isn't necessarily winning something yeah, yeah but i don't i i always believe that you have to have the vision and the dreams in your head in order to to be able to get to them. So, for example, in my mind, I always have that I want to play the Champions League since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I've always watched the games. 
and I heard the the Champions League song yeah. before the game, and that's something that I do want to mm-hmm. experience, you know. Um, but then again, you know, my potential. Um, you believe you're good enough to be able to do that? Yes. Okay. But that's, I know there comes a lot too. of stuff yeah, of that course, yeah, of course. has to be done. Yeah. Um, in order to to reach your potential, but I don't think I'm at a stage of my career where I could tell you right now where my potential is. Okay. But to kind of rephrase the question. Um, in terms of your potential, I'm trying to put you in a in a frame whereby you could pick a team or pick a situation and feel that you could be in there and be comfortable in there. Like if you believe you you can play the Champions League, does that mean you believe you can be competing for a title somewhere? If like a a team in any in any nation, do you believe you could be part of one of those teams going for a league title? Do you believe you could be part of a national team that's going for a European title or a world title? Like what where do you see yourself? Like what's the pool of players which you're in? Yeah. Well, no, I believe that I don't I don't think I have hit my prime in my career yet. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, if we if we time it well with the prime of your career and the um yeah, maybe well one of the better seasons that you had in your career, mm-hmm. then I do believe that I could end up in a in a team that would be competing for league titles and that would play Champions League football. Mm. So, with that potential that was a very specific goal but that potential can still be relayed into what happens within this league here in the MLS yeah yeah? so whilst you've been here so far I don't think you've been part of the debate for MVP no but you'd probably argue that you have enough potential to be able to do that yeah so why don't you think in this moment you're playing up to that potential Um, see the hard-hitting questions are here the hard-hitting questions are here my friend um I'm trying to. Well, the, the way I'm trying. I to guess is, I haven't showed the best of me yet since I've been here. But why? I'm trying to get into. I'm trying to get into your mind. Trying almost. Well, this, this, yeah, this. Because you, you. Yeah, there's we, so many things that would yeah, go into the why. Yeah. But yeah. we speak like we speak so much. We spend yeah. so much time together, and I'm, I've been very clear from day one that yeah. for me, you're the most important player in this team. And if you play well, we win games. You know, I, I say that for a reason because it's true. I don't. I don't really blow smoke up anyone's backside. Yeah. I just make them feel good. I say it because it's true. And the role that you have within this team, I think by the time I've left, if you're still here, I think you'll realize by the end because of the stuff which I've said and the way that I've sort of treated you around it, like I'm quite hard on you over things which you don't do, like the things which you do do which are great. You know, I'll, I'll high five you say, oh yeah, that's great, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, good stuff. But you know, you needed to track back on this guy. Because yeah. I know, because I know, I feel I know what's in you, but I just don't think at times you fully know it's there or that you can do it. Like when you mentioned yeah. the speed thing before, yeah. If you measure your top speed, there won't be there won't be hundreds of players faster than you, but it might be about mental quickness in terms of being able to use that speed. You know what yeah. I mean? There's lots of things like that, and as I say, I've I've played for a, <laughs> I've played for a lot of years or whatever. But why, as I say, just think to yourself: even though you're playing for RSL, which is essentially a small market team within America, there's no reason why you can't be part of that conversation. You don't have to be in LA. You don't have to be in New York to be part of it. Yeah, that's true. You know, so at the start of every year, why is that not your goal to be the best player in the league? You've got you could you could be the best player in the league. Like, what's stopping you from doing that? Well, if if I had the answer to that, if it was that simple, then you know I'd get the answer and and do exactly yeah uh, what it says. But no, I mean, um, this, the I think I'm I feel like I'm still developing as a player. First mm. of all. Um, but not just with the way I play, but also 
mentally and i feel like the mental part of the of the game mm-hmm. is probably even more important than the physical part yeah 100%. um so you know just just uh, just the, from the mental side the, the things like you know sometimes i uh i could wake up in the morning and uh and feel a little bit heavy and right away in my head i'm going to be not stressing but thinking too much like oh well we've got a game tonight and yeah. why am i feeling heavy yeah. and all those things in the bigger picture have an effect on the way you're going to play mm-hmm. um so if you put something in your head like that's going to stop you or that's going to or that's going to limit you or limit like, you yeah. yeah then it will actually happen but back to your question why am i not trying to be the best player in a it's not that I don't yeah. think you are. It's not that I don't think you're No, why am I? Yeah. yeah. I guess that goal is inside of my head before every season starts. Yeah. But I guess, I'm not scared to say it, but I don't know. Some things like, I don't say, you know, out loud or... Mm, yeah. You, you some, know, you some, keep some, it for... Yeah, some goals are best kept to yourself. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's not because what am I going to think that others are going to think about me. Yeah. But few years back yeah i did care what other people said about me and what media said about me and yeah for sure and what i read in the media after a game and i feel like i had a good game and then the media they say well Mm -hmm. he is uh this kind of a player in our team and he is making this and then why is he not this and sometimes back in the days i would be affected by it yeah but now as i'm getting a little bit older and you know playing with people whether that's a national team or here like yourself with more experience and listening to the stories going back like you said at the start that are even interested for me mm-hmm. as a player mm-hmm. to hear you know from you um you know that all can only help me to get to where i want to be yeah um i think there's no reason for you based on your potential to not every time you play walk out on the field and have your shoulders back because you believe you're the best player on that field there won't be many games if any games where your potential isn't at least where someone else's is. Someone else might have scored more goals, someone else might have had more assists, someone else might be in better form in that moment. But I think you need to realise, as I say, the importance. People don't play well every single week. But if you have something as an individual which other people do not have, that essentially, when added to the team side of it, makes you one of the best players. You know, the way that you play. I couldn't name you 20 players, couldn't name you 10 players who play the same way. Like, that is a real strength. The doubt that you have sometimes, it's, it's natural, especially when you're a bit younger. But with every game that passes, you should learn to understand the game more and understand what actually makes a difference. Because there have been games where people like myself have had terrible preparation and had great games. And I've had yeah. games where I've had great preparation and had like indifferent games. Like All that stuff beforehand, it can matter, but it doesn't have to matter. Mm. Because the job itself, at the end of the day, still remains the same. Mm. And you're more than capable of doing it. And you said something there, which I, which I was going to ask as the next question is, so it's the way the MLS works, obviously salaries and all that stuff are available online and so on. And you, I think you're the highest paid player this year and you were last year. And based on this model in America, whereby you don't have 10 people who are on like really high wages, do you still feel that pressure from being the highest paid player within a team? Like, do you feel the pressure when you, on a day to day, say when we go to train, do you feel the pressure when we go to playing games or does it not really matter because it's just something which happens twice a month? That's when you get paid. Um, no, and I don't feel the pressure, but I know there is pressure. I know there's there's expectations just simply because of the number that you can find out on the yeah. internet. Yeah. And on the other side, I do understand it because if I would be a fan and and you know you look at the 
the highest paid players in the team, then when the team's not playing well, I'm going to look, well, where is that guy? Because yeah. that's the guy that's supposed to have something extra or do something extra when the team needs it the most. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not I'm not going into games thinking, oh, I have to be the best player because of that. Mm-hmm. I have to be the best player because that will help my team and that's because of what I want to do. But it's not because of the wages or anything like that. But I know that there is pressure and, uh, yeah, and I know there will be pressure this year as well. But uh, I believe that sometimes... Oh no! Sometimes, sometimes in my career so far, when there has been more pressure on me, mm-hmm. it actually got more out of me. Yeah. Compared to where you comfortable. Yeah. And that's the dangerous side that I've realized now, that when you are comfortable somewhere or in a position or whatever it is, you won't try and go for more because you'll think like this is this is it's pretty fine, good. Yeah. yeah. But going back to the question about potential, to reach your potential. I believe like you could never get comfortable of where you are. Yeah, that's very, very true. I think you got to believe in like continuous improvement, whether that's on a day-to-day basis or on a club-to-club year-to-year, season-to-season basis. And that's hard. That's your listen. That's, that's very hard. Like yeah. I speaking to Corey Baird, uh, our striker. I always used to. I said to him, you know, it's great that you scored eight goals in the first season, but the second season is going to be harder. Then the third season is going to be harder. Like people like Messi and Ronaldo's, they score 30, 40 goals every season, but the forty goals compared to the 40 goals in the second season compared to the 40 goals in the first season for me weighs more because the second season people know how they play yeah. you don't have that surprise factor anymore so for them to be able to do it they continually add into their game whether it's technical whether it's tactical whether it's just mental there's more to it you won't score you will not keep scoring the same goal over and over and over and over yeah. and over again because if you the opposition you play against they'll mug so at some point they'll get it and that's something I was going to say actually about the salary side one of my gripes against the MLS as such is in terms of the pay pyramid is the difference between the top and the very bottom can be so large but in terms of ability it's not always that big some of the people who could be earning the minimum over here they're like very similar if not just as good as someone who could be earning five ten times as much as them yeah but they'll never get that because of the way the, the the pyramid essentially works yeah it's I mean it's strange to us it was strange to me three years ago yeah. when I first joined the league it was something that I've never experienced before with the salary cap and with only three DPs and yeah. it's something that I've that I've never <clears throat> never seen to be honest so yeah. yeah like don't get me wrong there's some players who would be at the lower end of the pay scale who aren't necessarily going to be people who would change the game and stuff like this but then there are other people down there who were essential parts of a team but they will never really be compensated to the same level as, say, someone... Like, if an owner decides to pay a DP a billion dollars a week or whatever, like, they'll just do that. But he could be playing the nine, and then number 10 could be on the minimum 50000 a year. Yeah. And the one at 50000 a year could provide 10 assists for the one who's earning, like, a million a week or whatever, a billion a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. just, just as important, just as good. But it's just a different, it's a different world. Like, credit to the guys over here because they accept it. Because I know back home, this would this would not last. For yeah, the, I feel for like in 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 Europe, obviously, there's a big difference between the wages of one club and another. Yeah, but I feel like within that club, yeah. there won't be a, such a massive gap as it is not here in that. MLS. So I've I've obviously grilled you there. You know, I hit you with some good questions. Yeah. I've made you think about yourself in a different manner for once. But for now, let's talk um, let's talk MLS for a little bit. Yeah, how old were you when you came over? Twenty. It was all it was. So was that a big decision to come over? Yeah. Um, and at the time, is Tatiana your yeah. fiance? Did she come over straight away? Yeah. But did you have the? Did you have Ariana over here? 
So the day before I left Slovakia, I've already signed my contract here in Salt Lake, went to see the city, the stadium, the training ground that was getting built back yeah. in <laughs> back in 2017. And then I flew back home to Slovakia, packed all my bags, and the day before I was leaving, we found out that we're going to have a baby. So it was nothing planned. So she was born over here? So Ariana, yeah. She's Ariana's American born baby, here. yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's very interesting. That's very, very interesting. <laughs> How did you find the whole adapting to being over here as a family? Was it hard? Was it easy? Like, are you are you fully adapted now, or do you still feel like there's certain things in terms of the culture or living here, which is just so different that you know you, you'll never get get used to it? No, I feel like I am I am fully adapted. Um, I mean, I'm I'm easy because as, as I said, from 13 years old, I'm not living at home, so adapting to you know living in a different place in a different culture, different country the languages and all that um you know i feel like i'm i'm very easy you know to get used to new new surroundings yeah um definitely helps with the speak english and you speak english yeah so i think on that part no i mean i feel uh i feel pretty good um what would you say the biggest differences are between say living here and from when you were living in europe before the biggest difference because i've got i've got one or two things but what, what would you say um but we're talking like the important stuff or just anything? Absolutely anything. Absolutely anything. anything. Well, I'm I'm I mean the people are different, yes. but I'm not saying they're better or worse. Yeah, for sure. They're different overall. Mm-hmm. Um even in just, you know, the way they think or the way then they do certain stuff. Um, that's that's one of the things. I mean, I I never realized how big America is until I came to Salt Lake. Yeah. Like in in Europe, like I only seen America on a map, and I was like, well, this distance in Europe <laughs> is this much, but I mean, yeah, the the country's big, and it almost feels like every state in America is a is a it's different a country. country in Europe. Yeah. Um, you know, you go to that, for example, state, and like this is their food, and mm-hmm. this is what they do. Yeah. And then you fly one hour; it's not that far. Yeah. But then you're know, like in a totally different place. That's like. Yeah. The weather's completely different, and just yeah, that's exactly, yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be like in preseason for us. So we're currently at around freezing temperature here in Salt Lake, but we go to Arizona on Saturday, and the temperature in English money or European money is twenty something degrees. In American, that's probably like in the sixties or whatever. Is that about right, Ryan? Give or take. Yeah, um, and, and it's then not that far. Yeah, it's not that far at all. And then even for the last, sorry, so. Last week of preseason, we'll be here. It'll probably be quite cold. And then we go to Orlando to play the first game of the season where it'll be like 25 degrees in English money and humid. So then at the same time, because this is what happened last year, wasn't it? We were in Houston dripping in sweat. And that game in uh, Colorado was the coldest game in like American history or something. That was happening at the same time. Yeah. I mean, we played. So my first goal came 2017 home against Vancouver. We played and it was freezing temperature it was snow and i'm not sure who played at home i think it was orlando or someone they had like 90 degrees yeah in america that's american yeah yeah sorry at least 29 30 i apologize celsius even though the 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 listenership is essentially american there are still some people from across the pond who who will like get on my case if i start speaking a different language yeah so i so i apologize to all the americans out there i'm trying my best i understand i will try and accommodate you more um Yes, and as well with America, I feel like the state-to-state travel makes people not want to travel around the world as much. Obviously, there are lots of people who do travel around yeah. the world, but when you can go one state across and go skiing, 
or go five states across and be on a beach or whatever like that that's essentially like why would you leave mm. i kind of get it now i didn't get it before but I get it now. Not that everyone travels, mind you. And also, they just love to drive. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah so Putner, Andrew Putner, our goalkeeper, would say, yeah. oh, I'm just going to, I picked up my car in Kansas. I'm just going to drive it back to Salt Lake. I'm like, oh, how far is that? He says, like, 24 hours. I'm like, no, yeah. relax. This is, this is, no, this is not normal. Um, so for years in the MLS, yeah, who, I want to know the best players that you've seen and the best teams that you've seen in your four, three, four years now. Well, it's it doesn't happen a lot on in I mean yeah in here is it played a little bit different the way the league is played, but when you look at Seattle and Toronto, how many times they've been in a final since I've been here? Mm -hmm. I think it's three finals for Seattle and two wins. Okay. Um. So, it 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 shows that there is something within that club and yeah. that they are a good team. Yeah. Um. Most recently, you know, we've already spoke about this. I feel like LAFC is. Uh, is yeah one Especially, of yeah. one of the yeah they've just got something different you know the the team is is balanced fully and uh yeah they have uh they have a few players that can change the game you know on their own favorite stadiums favorite stadium it has to go atlanta i mean that stadium you know just even uh, though it's on astroturf yeah well that's the one part that's that's killing me on the inside you know that it is a it is a turf field uh but if we're just looking at the stadium on and the atmosphere obviously with them selling out almost every week how what's the what's the crowd how many people is it is it, is it, is it close 50 or to 70 no it's close to 70 80 i think it's between 70 80 80 000. okay that's it's not that's too bad, is it? yeah it's not too bad at all yeah um so that's definitely one of the stadiums um just uh being at the mls media tour before the season started you know and seeing some of the the projects and the stadiums that are gonna be built yeah um this yeah this league's gonna have a, a few more great stadiums i should say how about your uh from a social standpoint your top three cities to go to vancouver why is that i really like i feel like I feel like it feels kind of European. I yes, yeah. I was just gonna say. Yeah. I feel like Canada, even Montreal, the cities are more European. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether it's just coincidence, but I feel like I meet more European people in those cities. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe listen to you know just walking on the street with a coffee and listening, and it's like the language that I recognize. Yeah. yeah whereas yeah. that doesn't happen too often here yeah. in Salt Lake. Um, so Vancouver is one. I have never been to Miami, but I. <laughs> You've never been to Miami. Never yeah. been to Miami, okay. and I was hoping we'll play them away this year, but we're not. Yeah. Um, but I sure. think you know I'll list that as my top three once I go there. Okay, I'll, I'll just um, pencil that in very lightly. But there's a difference between cities that I like to visit for a weekend, yeah, for a game, yeah, and cities I could imagine living in. Okay. Because a city like LA, I could not imagine living in. But you're quite happy when With, we play a game there. Yeah, but when you just go for a few days, you know, or you go for a week on holiday or whatever it is. Okay. But I mean unless you know the offer is there and <laughs> you you have to really think about it i just yeah. see the traffic point of view and i'm like yeah don't want that so you know so you named two teams and one for the few that's been that's going to be there in the future is, have you got a third are you looking like new york or anything like that or yeah for you? yeah new york but that's that's just classic you know going back to just normal just like nice shiny things yeah um so as i say you've played here for a few years so i want to know now the makeup of a successful team over here like what makes one team better than another based given the fact that you know there is a salary cap 
and there is talent. So why can there be such a difference? Why is LA, why are LFC finishing 40, 50 points above the team that's bottom in the league? How does that work? Especially in a 12-team league. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I still don't know how the salary caps work and how much of DPs go into the salary cap. Okay. But I feel like teams like the Seattle, LAFC, you know, I feel like they don't have definitely not the starting player that's on the minimum in yeah. the MLS yeah, and maybe not even on the bench. So you're saying they're heavily players. invest in the first few and then drop down for the others? No, I mean like it seems like obviously there's a couple of DPs that are exception but then I feel like the budget is more equally spread out so therefore you get... So. Is, is that possible? There we go again. I don't know the rules <laughs> and I don't know, you know, yeah, what what's supposed to be done but I feel like, you know, the... The play, if you get more, yeah, well, obviously you get more good players, you have more chance of, of doing so and so. But is it about just being a good player though? That's, that's the question because there have been teams who have had talent who don't do anything in particular. So is it just yeah. about that? No, it's definitely not just about good players, but... It's coaching, mentalities, abilities. Coaching for sure. Locations. You know, coaching, um, you know, having someone in a position of... Uh, of whether it's a general manager or it's a coach um, that you know has a has a clear vision that this is this is how he wants his team to be, mm -hmm. and then having on one side you know the coach who will you know accept that and adapt to it, having the budget to be able to do that with with your team you know yeah, and then you know getting 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 the right players is important and as you said that doesn't necessarily mean a good players but getting the right players yeah that's that's that feel like that's the trick to everything really yeah. you know you need people that are going to buy into the culture and then buy in and then fit into the game plan and the strategy yeah. but how do you know that you know what i mean that's yeah. one, that's a real skill some people have it some yeah. people don't some people just throw money at people and hope for the best but then all that stuff tends not to work out too well sometimes yeah most of the times yeah but we won't get into that anyway Speaking of successful teams, so you said before that you did support Liverpool as a child, but from that point, from when you joined City, you became a blue, yeah? Yeah. So I'm a Man City fan as well. And even as a City fan, I appreciate what's going on at Liverpool this year. And in fact, the last two years, they're un they've, I think they're unbeaten in 40 league games, yeah? Just let that sink in, 40 league And they games. haven't won the league last year. It's incredible, yeah? What do you think makes them so good? Because I've got my takes, but what do you think makes them so good? And this is... Again, a thing about perspective, which I want to try and give out onto the podcast here, because there's perception and there's reality. And I think the perception from outside of a building is very different to what it is inside of the industry, if you know what I mean. Well, I think that things that Liverpool has have changed since Klopp came in yep. as a manager. And I believe... You know, he's a very energetic manager, but on the other side, his knowledge has to be Plenty of energetic managers top. up and down the nation. Yeah, but his, 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 his knowledge and the style that he brought into Liverpool, I feel like, you know, he bought a few players that fit within that system, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't feel like Liverpool, you know, since he came, that's, that's the Liverpool that we see now. It took him a while yeah. to get it to where it is, where it was last year and what it is this year. Mm -hmm. But I feel like all the players are with him. You know, when it goes a little yeah. bit wrong and players go against the managers, yeah. that's when stuff starts to happen. But I feel like everybody is is bought into his plan and 100% agrees with it. That's at least the way I see it. Mm -hmm. And everybody, 
obviously seeing the results. So now for them, it's kind of easy to keep it going. Yeah. Not easy, but you know, because they see that they're winning so many games. Mm -hmm. But that that period where it went from you know Liverpool not competing for the Premier League, and now most likely to win it this year, mm -hmm. I feel like that transition was was probably the the hardest. Yeah, I agree with all that, and it, it kind of shows the value of a team and a team that all exactly into stuff. And the psychology of it all, in some ways, I suppose I could relate it to something in everyday life, which is like being on a diet or going to the gym more. At the start, it's quite daunting. But when you start doing it and you see the results, it's the easiest thing in the world to yeah. do. You know, you just keep rolling with it, keep rolling with it, keep rolling with it. And they've got so they've had so much success. There's no reason to fall off. But as well as that, I feel with them. And I feel like they invested in right players. Yeah, that's the big Not thing. Not good players, this the is, right players. This is what I was going to say. Yeah. You, could, uh, you could argue, you could argue, within that Liverpool team, there are no superstars. Yeah. There, there's some very good players, and there are lots of good players, but there are no superstars. And we've kind of grown up in an era where some marquee teams live and die by said superstar. Mm -hmm. And obviously you've got lots of good pieces around them, but yeah. they live and die by that superstar. But now it's like the rise of the team, the good team that buys into everything. And the thing that literally drives me up the wall, like I wanted City to win everything, I did, but Liverpool are too consistent and the consistency comes through doing the right thing over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like to talk about your potential, is there anybody on that field that plays your position or close to your position who's doing anything that you can't do? Well, um, I mean... So put yourself in the Liverpool midfield three if they're going for like slightly one higher. So not out wide because they play with three front men. Yeah. Is there anybody in that team that's doing anything that you can't do? No, there's nothing that I can't do, but they're doing stuff that I'm not doing. Which is such a big like that's not a dig at you. That's just a that's for me. That's trying to open up the my take on Liverpool to other people. Yeah. They're great because they do the same thing over and over and over again. And I think as a footballer and just as a general human being, at some point you'll tend to switch off and just not make the right decision at the right time or not do this. But they understand what their roles are within the team. Not just three or four players or five or six players. From one through to 11, they all understand what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they do it all the time. The goals which they score, seem to be, it seems to be the same goal happening over and over and over and yeah. over again. And it's relentless. They make the right decisions. They make the right passes. They make the right runs. As I say, within football, we can all do that. But we either don't have that expected of us in the places that we're at, or we have people, or we don't have that same energy whereby 11 people are all doing the same thing. Yeah, that's the that's the key, I think. Yeah. Going back to the good teams, Yeah, is what you said, is you know, everybody knowing his role and, and doing that over and over and week in, week out. Yeah, you have players in that team, in City's team, in all these other teams who could score goals from 35 yards out just to get it and whack it. But every time they score, it seems to be a tapping at the far yeah. post because they made all the right decisions to get the ball out wide, to make the cross, and then to be in the place at the right time yeah. to make a difference. So you need to. it feels like you need to have an understanding of what's required to win. As a coach, players who will then listen to what you want to give them and then players who will do it all the time, not some of the time. And as a consequence, then you create identity, you find success, and you just roll with it. It's automatic, yeah. it's beautiful. I mean, you could look at the 11, Liverpool's 11 starting lineup, and you can you could swap a player for a better player for that position, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that Liverpool would have been even better exactly. with that better player in yeah, there. Exactly, yeah. They were obviously, they wanted to, like people say, Van Dijk's the best in the world, and so on, or whatever. Alexander-Arnold, for what he does, great. But as I say, each role, 
it's more about the role which is required within the team from the player as opposed to the player himself. You're not just going to get the ball to Salah or Mane and say, right, you have to beat three guys and then score. Yeah. No, you get them to stretch the game, come back, receive it. Someone, Robertson goes on overlap, plays him in, Mane comes to the edge of the box, cutback comes, Mane kicks it, goal, right, 1-0, no, game over. Yeah. But anyway, that's, yeah, a bit salty about that, but I'll get over <laughs> it. Um, what, make, what do you think makes other leagues so different to this one? Say... Obviously, we're all still playing the same game. The pace structure is different. But what do you think makes other leagues, as I say, so different? On the field stuff or off the field? Everything. Anything? Everything. The whole. Well, the, the biggest challenge for me was since I came here was the the traveling part. Yeah. Um. You know, in Holland there was never a game that we went a day before. Un- really, unless it was the cup the final. That's yeah. A small, lot smaller country. Though, yes. Yeah. So the furthest would be a, a four-hour bus bus ride. So we would go in the morning, go to the hotel, nap, food, and then go stadium, play. Straight after the game, you come back. So actually, unless it was a national team game, I never flew to a game okay. uh, on an airplane. Uh, since I've been in America, I never took a bus to the game <laughs> yeah. or a train. Yeah, Only planes. On play, yeah, we fly everywhere. Yeah, so that's uh, that was one of the, the biggest uh, challenges. So I need to pull you up. So we fly everywhere, and we do fly on the same plane, but Albert's usually in about 1A, and the rest of us are from 26 and backwards. But I'm gonna I'm gonna Tell straight me away explain. Tell me that's a lie. Tell me that's a lie. Truth. Okay. Cool. But we move on then. No. no. <laughs> Let me set the note. That's it. It's fine. You sit in one A. This is the MLS for you. It's the, not the DP because sits of in what 1A. you think. No. DP it's sits not in one A. The rest of us sit in each other's laps in the back. That's <laughs> it's fine. because of something else. It's not DP. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the traveling was the biggest challenge for me. Um, you know this the league is 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 very. I would say worldwide, as when it comes to players, you know, you've got players from all the continents that yeah, are here. That's a big difference. Yeah. There's there's over 120 countries that have players are playing in the MLS at the moment, from originally where they're from. Um, so the biggest difference is that I feel like when you look at maybe not the Premier League, but Premier League as well. But I feel like in Spanish league, the most players would be Spanish. Spanish. In yeah. you know Italy, the most, and I'm talking most, not by like fifty-one percent, but I'm but, talking but like yeah. most. And I that. feel like in Italy, there's like a rule whereby they you have to have a set amount from that country. From I mean, Italy. that's another rule that's getting you know used uh, throughout the. I know in Russia, there's a rule that there's I think seven starters have to be Russians. Right. So there's different rules that are going you know in the game but what makes the game different i would say the the adaptment to the the weather that you can play one week in the snow and yeah. next week you can play in the really hot temperatures yeah whereas i feel like in europe if it's cold there it's seasonal it's, isn't it yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of similar yeah it's yeah. gonna be similar so that i mean the altitude plays a big part in the mls oh, yeah, you're not wrong. and i think it's more for the teams that come here mm-hmm. that get get to realize that yeah for sure um so that's an, another thing and I feel like the game is more open here. Oh, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so before I came, I had to do, I was doing my research on just the league and the teams and stuff. And I noticed literally for every game, there are at least three goals going in. At least three goals. And I'd watch some highlights. And there's, you'd find three wild goals as well. A game could be as tight as anything, but then all of a sudden there's an open break from the halfway line. And, you know, it's, I, because I knew that's how it was going to be, I understand it more. I understand it more because if I just came in blind, I'd have been fuming, thinking like, "Why is everyone doing this?" But yeah. this is—it's basically the culture within the it's, league itself. It's attacking basically. Yeah, isn't it? there's, there's a reason why they invest so heavily in attack, but then not so much at the back because yeah. you know they live and die by goals, and it's and it's in a country where entertainment is everything. 
you know, they want to see in the NBA someone do a massive dunk or whatever. They want to watch uh, NFL and see the highest scoring game in history. You know, they live and die by highlights. Yeah. By stats. Yeah, by stats and highlights. So yeah. as a consequence, you're not going to be, a nil-nil isn't something they're going to try and push forward. It's not something anyone wants to see, even though in other places, people take nil-nils. Um, with the league as well, I think, because some of the clubs are relatively so new, like I'm older than some of the clubs which, which, <laughs> which are in existence. You trying to make yourself look older, no, but I think you might be older as well than some. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if you put it into that perspective, so it's it's different because then you obviously football isn't the biggest sport in any of these country, any yeah. of these states. Yeah, in some states, it's not even second biggest, third biggest. It's not like a point which people want to really talk about or care about. Whereas elsewhere, football is everything and with that people feel like you represent that region that space there's a reason why there's so much crowd trouble in other parts of the world based around football because it's more than football say people people are i'm, I'm hopefully gonna have someone from liverpool coming on in the next few weeks but liverpool for as great as they are they hated for doing well because there's a tone that a lot of people don't like liverpool as a place in general yeah so they have hatred for that where safe is here, if a team's playing that way and doing really well, they'd probably be praised by everybody. But outside of here, there's like real hate towards them, even though they're by far the best team. You know what I mean? So there's the pride of the fans in terms of what you represent and where you represent, which is bigger than football. Whereas here, yeah, I don't think it's there. And with that pride comes the pressure of playing for them. Because if you're not doing well, the fans will let you know. You have to live in the same space as them, and you can never, you can't walk around the, down the street after losing. You can't hide, yeah. yeah. Like they'll find you, and they'll affect your life in a negative way, even though it's essentially just a game. It's not a game. Whereas, I, like I'm enjoying my time over here because it feels like it's a game. You know, I've played for years and felt the other pressure, but it's different here. Yeah, you can have your profession and play it and do it here. If, like, you do have some wild fans, but. Yeah, but I think that comes because it's not the biggest sport here. Yeah. And it's not what most people care about and watch every day. That's, that's yeah. you know, on the other side. For example, I went to to Lakers game um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, just after the game, you know, walking away from the arena and they managed to lose a game to Orlando Magic by one point. Yeah. And I saw some, like, f angry fans. Like, yeah. they were fuming. Yeah. With, with whether it was with LeBron or with another player, like, and I've never seen that after our games yeah. or seen it after a, a soccer game in the MLS, at yeah. least, you know? So that does show, you know, that maybe, I don't even know stats-wise if the basketball is the biggest, uh, most watched and, you You'd know, sport here. I think you could probably argue it's the most global, maybe, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I saw something different there. And on the other side, you know, the biggest difference, I feel like, in sports in America and somewhere else is that there is no relegation in America yeah. in any of the sports. Yeah. So that, that extra pressure of knowing that... It matters. It matters. Yeah, because that's, that's how I felt. Um, so I've, I've been relegated, I've hold my hands, I've been relegated two times, I think, with Queen's Park Rangers. And in both seasons, going down meant that a lot of the players' salaries were being halved. Certain staff were losing their jobs and stuff like this for what is essentially a game. But that game matters to everything. Yeah. It's not just the people who cross the line. Like every time I cross the line there to start a game, you can almost get a feel of life or death. Mm. But when I cross the line, it's like, ah, let's go play some football. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's that's 100%. fine. That's fine. But anyway, let's go sideways for a second, yeah? So <laughs> on the logo for this for the show, there is, there is music in there. You know, I'm supposed to talk about music because it's a big passion of mine. You could argue it's as important to me as football is. 
I may not talk about it as much, but it's as as important. And I actually have a playlist for the podcast, which I keep forgetting to promote, which I will try harder to promote. And I'll try and get links and all this stuff for people. Um, and so firstly, to all those that listen, I hope you like it. If not, that's fine. I won't lose any sleep about it. Don't worry. But listen again as I'll update it probably every week. That's something that I do. And also just keep listening, even if you don't like it. I just like the numbers. Just keep doing it. Let's boost the stats. Let's get it to number one, yeah? So musically, you've you've heard some of my music choices and stuff, but I don't really know about you. So before a game, what do you listen to? Sometimes it might not be anything. I'm not superstitious on one song before a game. Um, but most of the times it will be, you know, whatever's the latest in my phone. Like, you know, when you oh, add a new phone. So like, like a culture vulture or something. Yeah, I mean, I have to hold my hands up and say like... Ha, sorry, it's not called Watch, it's like Hype Beast. So if something's active and everyone seems to yeah, like but it, you no, feel you have to be part of that crowd. No, not necessarily. It's just some song that I will like or I just heard it for the first time a week ago, but the song's five years old yeah. and I really like it. Well, I'm going to listen to it until I get... Until you get tired of it. Yeah. Okay. But like... I was, I was dissing up, you then, by the way. I was dissing you. Like, okay. Don't, don't think nah, for a second we're not, having a serious conversation. Was nah, 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 no, nah. it was personal. Okay. But it's, I'm not taking it, it was, personal. It was deeply personal. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, before this podcast, I did my own. Yeah. And we were speaking with Samantha what, on my what, you, childhood. Which is called what? Your podcast is called what? The 11 with Albert Rosnack. There you go. Um, we so we were talking about uh, my, small fee. my childhood. And, you know, she said, oh, like, what kind of friends you have back home? And I said... Well, all my friends got something to do with football, with soccer, because that's all of my childhood. When I look back at childhood, I almost didn't have one as a normal kid. Yeah, you know there was no there was no trips away with friends the weekends and staying over at rented houses or like apartments in the mountains of Slovakia. Yeah, no parties yeah. like you know none of that. Like no. You've been a pro for longer than you've been. Yeah, a pro. like yeah. when I look back at it now, yeah, it was worth it. But like. Looking back now, you know, friends, you you know, even in the England days, you know, at 15, you know, friends want to invite you to a party. My dad was there, so <laughs> I had to ask. And the answer was no. Yeah. It was as simple as that. Yeah. So as a childhood, I was never, not that I couldn't be into music, but it's football and like, soccer yeah. was all I had. So my music knowledge ain't that big. Yeah. But it is better since I came here, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah, Like I said, you're, yeah. you're a hype beast now. So whatever's hot, you feel you need to be part of. But anyway. No, like I'm sick of the Dance Monkey song. Like I've heard it in Slovakia every single day on the radio. It played every day. And at the start, I liked it. But after one week, I was like, I'm done. Yeah, it's the machine for you. That's what yeah. happens. So you're a big Conor McGregor fan, yeah? Yeah. You've been known to do a celebration. Yeah. After scoring goals, all that stuff, yeah? So that made me, that got me thinking. So in the off-season, I did some MMA with a guy called Ramsey Nijem former UFC fighter. Uh, I think he's fighting out of the pit SLC. Shout out to Ramsey. I've not beaten him up yet, but there's still time. Um, <laughs> and he made me think about like walkout music, going out to the ring. What would you? What type of song do you think you'd pick if you were to be going out to fight? Well, it would be one of those songs that, that I have seen in the movies and there were inspirational sports movies or movies about athletes. Oh my God. So... Oh, um, I was going to say Eye of the Tiger. He's going to say it? Huh? He's gonna, <laughs> he's no, say I, I, I might not know the name of the song, oh but it would be the song from Creed. Oh, my God. It would be Eminem, Lose Yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, hang on, that's let, me, the let, type. Me get, let me get the cliche book out. Let's see what else we can find in there. Is there anything else for that's, you there? That's the type that I would pick. That's so corny, seriously. Why? Just because, like, just be yourself. You're, are you 24 or 25? Yeah, but... You're 24 the, or 25? 25. But the just feeling... Just be a 25-year-old. But, for example, the feeling I got when I watched the movie Creed and... I was like, 
all right, when the movie's done, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run for 30 minutes. Like, it motivated me. So, therefore, that song stuck in my head as a motivational song. I wish I never wrote down this question now because all the good work which you just put in for the past hour has now gone down the toilet. Don't care. That's this guy's basically said he wants Eye the Tiger and to run up some stuff to get to the ring. I'm not even going to say No, that's not the song. It. That's not the song no, that I meant. I, I know it's not the song that you meant, but it's the concept that you mean. That's the problem because it's really cliche. It's really, really cliche. I want you to have something like hard, like say some hard hip hop song where you just go in and just headbutt someone, you know, or like some metallic. Yeah, but those something. are the songs that would make me headbutt someone. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's your walkout music, you know what I mean? Just show yeah. people you, you're being serious and all you basically said was... Hey, we're all different. Oh, oh God. Listen, people would walk out the arena if they heard you come out. If, you, if they literally heard you come out to some of that music. Yeah, but then again, that's not the song that I would pick to walk into the octagon. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. No, but you said workout music. No, I didn't. I said walkout. So walk out. if I had to do a six-minute run, then I'm up. Don't talk about six-minute run. Let's, listen, you say it too See, many so times, it'll happen. There was a miscommunication in <laughs> okay, the question so now you let's, asked. Okay, so fine. Let's walk out. So you're walking out. Oh, my God. I heard workout okay, for the whole so thing. You, so you, you're walking, walking out, out. Yeah, well, that, into the octagon. Just make it straight. So I would never pick that song because that song has been used in a movie to someone okay. else. I would make something. Without, mine that was going to be that would, people could copy me right. i wouldn't copy someone else okay that was going to be a major edit point for the whole podcast because okay. no one needs to hear that you come out to wire the tiger no 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 or lose yourself that. by having yeah. pathetic yeah <laughs> no i heard workout music that's what i was like well well for me anyway you don't know it but it's a song called dna by kendrick lamar so anyone that knows that song just know that like if you hear that music anywhere near me it means i'm going to knock you out yeah okay but anyway we move on dna by kendrick lamar yeah i, think I heard it um do you know what? I'll, I'll cut the music stuff because I've kept you for so long. Um, and we're both very tired. Who's the most famous person in your phone book that people listening would know? In my phone book? Mm. Marek Hamshik. Do you think people would know him over here? Mm, I mean... I phrase the question in a particular way. Mm, no. So I mean, some people would, but not everyone. Most people. Pick, some, pick somebody that most people would know who know football based on what you see on TV here and stuff like that. Jeez. I've got an idea. You've got an idea? I've got an idea who it might be. Carl Peckerman? No. No. Is it someone outside of Outside soccer? of America, yeah. Oh, it's outside of America? Outside of America as a player. Um, I think you've got the same agent. Oh, yeah. Who, who's Raheem it? Sterling. Ah, Raheem Sterling. Humble brag. Um, the story of Raheem Sterling. Yeah, I basically led you into that one. Yeah, I wasn't going to leave it here until you yeah. said it. Yeah, you could go through fifty names, but I wasn't going to leave it until yeah. you said it. Raheem Sterling, yeah, gets a lot of criticism. Yeah, and I I always debate this point with people who I think know their football, but it turns out that they don't really know their football. Yeah, there's this concept of someone that looks nice and someone that's effective. Yeah, Raheem doesn't look as nice as other players who look really nice. So you could say um, Anthony Martial at Manchester United. He looks really nice. And they're about the same age. But for me, I say, well, who scored the most goals? Who's got the most assists? So when you criticize someone like Raheem Sterling, oh, he's, he's just a bad touch, he was a bad pass or whatever. When careers are all said and done, what's going to last longer? If there's no more video, you're just going to see, oh, oh yeah, Raheem scored that game. Oh yeah, yeah. this person scored that game. Well, that person, you got an assist that game. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So why do people choose to just ignore the facts and just go off just pure emotion? 
because I'd rather I'd always go for a player who will affect a game in a way which is quantifiable like a goal oh it's great that you can do 10 step overs on the far side and go past 8 men and then kick out a play the 10 step overs were great yeah terrific but I'd rather just have yeah. someone that's just there when it matters yeah completely agree with that you know what I mean why, why do people why do I have to keep saying that like it should be lights out like no questions asked yeah, yes, the Raheem. Man United fans. <laughs> it's just Raheem gets a lot of criticism back in England. Yeah, he got a lot of criticism. I feel like since he left Liverpool and yeah. went to Man City and was, uh, you know, in the papers that it's the money issue and this and that. And you know, there's a lot of stuff. But he's, you know, he's a prime example of not getting affected by the by the negative stuff that media can cause. Yeah, the fact is he's being picked week in week out by Pep Guardiola, who's arguably the greatest manager of this generation. Yes still he's being criticised and people yeah. say oh he misses so many chances but I'm like well he also scores a lot of goals so if he didn't miss all those chances then would you be saying he's one of the greatest players of this generation yeah they'll be like no because he should score more yeah yeah and that leads into my friend Jordan Henderson the amount of people that have told me he's no good yeah and this is a guy now who has to go to the gym more often than others because he needs to be strong enough to keep lifting all the trophies which he's lifting across the past few years imagine being the captain of arguably the best team of the last two years, playing week in, week out. They don't lose games, but someone will still say, yeah, but, you know, he's not good enough. Yeah. Madness. This is, this what is, else can I this say? Is, this, is, this, again, is, this is the perception thing, but there's real value. This, the, the people who you would need to be with, who would, I would choose straight away in the team, who aren't the ones who have the highlight reels on Instagram, a lot of those guys who have like the highlight reels on Instagram, they're like they're they're a value probably ten games a season, mm. and the ones who don't are a value every single day. Yeah, yeah, and that's who I want you to be. All right, I have a highlight reel, but just like always be there. All right, let me talk. You, you can can you talk to me about the team, our team through your own eyes, yeah, and just yeah, okay, the team. How would you describe our team? Like, what are we as a team? If someone's gonna say oh, I'm gonna RSL got a game. Should I go and watch them? You say yes because they are. My arms are spread here in case anyone didn't know. <laughs> um, I, I think as a whole team, we're very attacking minded, yep. ball possession team that wants to play the way the game has developed into, and that's been, you know, dominant in the ball possession, you know, creating many chances, attacking with almost eight players um so yeah i mean over here would be would be called the entertainment team or something like that since you said everything over here is an entertainment, <laughs> <Somewhat> entertainment <laughs> yeah that's, that's why you don't see me on many highlight reels. yeah but uh, as i said you know you and your partner in the center back position is the the two guys that the most of the defending fall onto yeah. um but that's i'm not saying that's bad but that's that's who we are as a team you know um, but I feel like we have developed last year the defensive part of the game, and that's why we have had some good results in that way. How would you describe the league? Very attacking, offensively minded. <laughs> so many goals and so many chances scored and missed. And yeah, like we said, you know, that game after six minutes is up and down. Yeah. It's like basketball. You've got 24 seconds to score <laughs> or it's going the other way. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Right, from the team... Which players do you think, or which player is the most slept on, would you say? Someone who doesn't, is never part of a conversation from the outside, but you understand their value on the inside. From our team? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
I'll let you go first. I've got I've got something else which I want to say, but you go first. I'll go first. Well, uh, but you know, depends. Like it doesn't get talked on the outside. I feel like in some ways I've all, I've I've found like all the names at some point in the media, but yeah, but there's some in the media, and then there's some like you will never see as a thumbnail picture of a highlight reel. You'll never see them. You know, they're always doing this. On job. our websites or on overall? On, just say ours in general. Oh, oh no, say overall. Say overall. These are the type of players Demir where... in your mind? No, not Demir. Not Demir. Demir is like yourself, Demir, Yeah, well, that's... You're the three, like, I was kind of, yeah, thinking. Um, that's actually a great question. I mean... Aaron? Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think Aaron's good enough to be playing full international right now. Yeah. I think he's plenty good enough. Me too. But no one's really talking about it. So it's like Yeah, a, that's uh I think he's a hidden gem, yeah. But that's not who I was gonna say. Okay. That's not but yeah, definitely Aaron is uh the player that since I don't even remember if two thousand seventeen he was part of the first team. Don't but the way he has so. I think he started twenty eighteen. The way he has developed himself and, you know, put himself in a position to start week in, week out. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, another, you know, young players can use that as an example and look up to him. I think for me, it's, although we've got lots of good players and I can name lots of individuals and stuff who really do a great job from people I play next to, to people who play in front of me and so on. I think it's our midfielders, you know, because obviously Bex is the, is the big name within it and then Everton's getting like a bigger name as well. But the guys who come after them, there's not that much difference between them. Beasler. Nick Beasler, Justin Portillo, Luke Moore, Holland, uh, even Pablo at the minute. Like, everyone's playing yeah. to a point whereby, in my opinion, although everyone has their strengths, whoever plays doesn't bring a weakness. Yeah. You know, but they won't essentially form part of a big conversation, you know, because you'll always talk about yeah. the main guys. I feel like that's the most occupied position as well in our team. Yeah, but with but with, for me, with quality. Yeah. You give me any one of those people in a training session, and I'm, I'm happy with it. It's yeah. not like, say... You could argue that, um, say, that if we with a nine, if if you've got nine who scores thirty goals, and then the next nine might score five, then there's a clear difference between them. But with the other guys, literally, you know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, and they're all good. Yeah, like that's my section. Who do you reckon's got the most um, potential in the team that they've not achieved yet? The most potential. Ryan, I love it when there's silence on the podcast. Love it. Because <laughs> this is what people want to hear when they're driving along. Like, just nothing, just static. Who's got the most potential? The most potential. Not who's going to have the better career. You never, obviously. I obviously, You yeah. never know. You never know who's going to have the best career, but who has all the tools to be able to see them in a great situation. Hmm. On the spot, how do you see your team? Well, I've, I mean, probably the, the fans, you know, haven't seen a lot of Douglas yeah. as a striker. That's right, yeah. He's a, yeah. But, you know, for that age and the goals he scored for Monarchs, um, yeah, he would be one of the candidates for me. Just mentioning Aaron as well. Mm. Another one, you know, um, who's established himself in the MLS, I would say, for us. Yeah, 100%. At least. And, uh, you know, the the national team for him would be the next the next thing. And I'm sure, you know, he's he's keen on doing that. 
So I would say, yeah, those two. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say Aaron's definitely deserving of it. Yeah. Because this is a big year for him trying to make the transition. Yeah. But he's got the size for it. He's got the yeah. technique. I think he's got the mentality as well. So it could be a very good year for him. But anyway, let's 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 wind down a little bit. You've been very serious for such a long time now. Um, so you got me thinking. Yeah, man. You know, On my you, podcast, it, I'm not thinking. It's a, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a different, it's a different type of podcast. I told you this before. Um, so now you've been around the team for so long, and you've seen people's strengths and weaknesses in terms of how they train and so on. This is, we're in the MLS Cup final, it's gone to penalties, yeah? And now we have a chance to step up and win the game. You can't pick yourself, but who would you pick to take that penalty? The one? Yeah, this is the penalty to win it. Demir. The next penalty, so you can't choose him now. The next penalty is to stay in the competition. If you miss this, you lose. Who are you going to pick? You have to score. (laughs) That's a tough one. Don't pick me either. <laughs> Don't pick me for anything I'm about to ask you. I think I would go with Aaron. Okay. And how about, again, the penalty now is to stay in the competition. Who don't you want to see walk up there? The penalty, say it again. So it's the same penalty now. Like, if we miss, we lose. Who is the last person you want to see walking up to take this penalty? Because they're probably going to miss. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not personal. It's not against the person. Like, just not everyone's great at penalties. But who's the last person you want to see out there? It has to be one of you boys at the Don't back. Watch, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Um, watch your mouth. No, you know what? I'm going. Nah, I'm actually gonna go with Everton. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Right. How about now? You've got to pick a five-a-side team. So we do. So for everyone. Listening, we have uh, this season we started a five-a-side competition, whereby the teams kind of change, but your total score gets added together as an individual. And with that in mind, who, which five players um, do you think would have the best chance of getting the most points throughout the course of however long we do this, whether it's a month, two months, or a whole season? Can't pick pick myself. You can't pick yourself, no. Okay. Um, Got to include a goalkeeper as well. Include the goalkeeper. Yes. Okay, no. Actually, we got six, six aside, so it's goalkeeper and five outfielders. Yeah. Well, the goalkeeper will be hard. Uh-huh. I see. I ask you all those tough questions on here, huh? Um, yeah. I okay. Think, I think it's more fair this year anyway, because all the yeah. goalkeepers actually have value. But go on. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with uh, Putna and goal. Okay. And I'm going to go with Aaron and you. You can't pick me. I told you you can't. You, can't, you, you said can't, I can't pick me. No, you can't pick you. And said, don't name me for any questions I'm going to ask you. Okay, so I'm going to do. But that wasn't just because you're sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> because I, because I paid you off earlier. No, because you're going to block the shots. <laughs> that's all I do. Okay, I'm going to go with. Putna, Aaron. Putna, Aaron. Um, you know what? Yeah, but that's that's so tough, man. Shall I just name the team that we were today, five no, no, aside? No, that team and just say me and you out. We won no, no, today. No, 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 no. Go on, keep, keep naming. I'm um, going to put Demir. I'd put Demir in. There. Oh, but he's he, he's injured at the yeah, moment. And I haven't. Yes, okay, we're talking, yeah, Demir. Okay, so we've got Putna. Aaron and Demir. Aaron so. and Demir. Um, You're going to play Demir the nine or midfield? Nine. Okay. Um, See, but you need a midfielder that can... That can do score it. as well you know these players they all have to shoot yeah okay, that's what on. I mean so go on um, give people insight into the team 
I'm gonna go with Corey. Okay. So we need two more players. Yes. Um, you, you're screaming for a centre midfielder there. <laughs> screaming for a centre midfielder. You got to pick one of them. Um, and also another. I'm thinking a centre midfielder and a defender. Yeah, but I'm more attacking minded. I've been right. in the league for four years. <laughs> okay. Um, let me guess, midfielder. Okay, I'm gonna go with. Portillo. Portillo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to go with one more guy. Nah, I need a defender. You're right. <laughs> Listen, it's very it's lonely for Aaron back there. Aaron and Corey can do the side job. Portillo's in the middle. You know, I'm playing a diamond with one in the middle of the diamond. Okay. So I need a center back. And since you said I can't. You can't pick me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Eric Holt. Do you know what? I had a feeling you were going to pick him. Yeah, because he can he shoot just, us. He can well. just hammer it from anywhere. Yeah. Quite. And he'll put his head literally yeah. on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not quite right in there. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, that's that's a good team. Yeah. So in March or April, is it, is it March when you've got your next international yes. playoffs? Uh, so it's a big playoff game to try and get into the Euros, first stage of it, and that's against Republic of Ireland? Yes. Okay, so say you were going to play in those games, yeah? Would you rather have a really bad game? This better way. This is a huge game. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather have a really bad game and win? Or would you rather have a great game and lose? And when it's, I'm talking extremes here, not like six out of ten versus four out of ten. I'm talking like you're a ten or you're one out of ten. Like you're one out of ten and your team wins, or you're ten out of ten and your team loses. Yeah, but that's just. I mean, based on what I said and the way I see it, that I'm a team player. But playing one out of ten means like I'm one not out playing. Of ten, like you basically it's like yeah, I can't do that because then together. I'm not, yeah, because I'm then I'm not playing the next game. I'm not playing in Euro, so I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the ten out of ten and lose. <laughs> it's oh, as brilliant! As I drew, man. Get in. That's a win for me. Oh, I'm delighted with that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, since you said it's extremes, like yeah, it's not. Yeah, we're not going sixes and fours. We're doing ones and tens. Yeah, nah. a one out of ten game for a professional is heartbreaking. Allow that. Like, that <laughs> yeah. You're never going to hear the end of that yeah. one. Um, Plays that have played whilst you've been play like whilst you've been probably between the age of in the last 10 15 years yeah mm -hmm. who would you most like to play with anywhere in the world any player any team any player any team um probably with ronaldinho ronaldinho okay okay all right um who would you not like to play against like if for your position, if you had to, if there's someone who you're gonna have to play against every single week for the rest of your career, who would you just choose? You'd be like, no, you can't be bothered dealing with this person. I've got two. Go on, Keane and Vieira. Oh yeah, they'd be on you. <laughs> they'd be on you so hard. Did it feel? Was it weird then when you were uh, being coached by Patrick Vieira? No, it was good. Enjoyed every moment of it. It was a weird moment for me when I was playing with him. Like, because this is my icon. Every, for about ten years, I used to see him in midfield, just flick the ball over people's heads. Yeah. And how about this for the most humbling, grounding thing I've ever heard? Someone was talking to him. It might have been me. Was talking about his career if he had any regrets. And his biggest regret, he said, was that he wished he would have kept it more simple. Patrick Vieira, who's ten times better than any player in midfield which I've ever played. Because the game was pretty like it wasn't. Yeah, he said, I, "I wish I didn't play some passes and stuff, which I wasn't able to do." He said, "I wish I would have kept it more simple." Mm. I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm just not going to pass the ball then." <laughs> <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll just block it and then everyone else can just get the ball. <laughs> and how about now your all-time fantasy five-a-side team? And for, for the for the listeners, 
when I created my team, you were one of the first people to criticize it when we were in the uh, locker room yeah. a few days after, even though you couldn't pick a team in that moment, which was better than it. So, Do you I'm, have your team there? I'm going to try to remember it. So I had Julio Cesar in goal. Uh, Lam. I had Cesar, Lam. I had Ronaldinho, Messi, I think, and Xavi. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, Lam, Xavi, Ronaldinho, Messi, you're still missing one. Um, oh, you're doing five aside with the keeper and I think, I think oh, that's okay. what I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I could, yeah. I know exactly you're why to be I criticized you. Yeah. The greatest team of all time. Yeah, because with that case, I'm going three pure attackers, whereas you have Xavi there, but four aside, I don't know if you need to, obviously need to keep the ball, but okay. Nah. See, this is what I mean. This, this is this is what sums up society these days. I put forward my opinion, which was the best one ever, <laughs> and then people were critical, but didn't have anything else to go against it. No, I have. Go on, name it then. I'm a keep with Ronaldinho oh, right. and Messi. Oh, so this team which criticised has two players which you'd also want. Yeah, one hundred percent. Ah, okay, fine. Yeah. Instead of Xavi, I'm going with Zidane. Okay, okay. And instead of Lam, I'm gonna go with. Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos? Yeah. Are you hoping it's going to be like a big pitch? So watch for that left foot. So can bing. pop some diagonals and stuff like that, yeah? Nah, just just needs one touch out of his feet and then hit one. And who's in goal? And who's in goal? You've, posted, uh, you've played with him, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Ter Stegen. You're going to pick him. I don't think I know many keepers back in yeah, the days. I never that's, used to yeah, watch that's the what keepers. I mean. That's when, when you're going to pick him. You're so predictable. Yeah. Kids these days. But with that, we are done. I told you it was going to be a long one, but I said you were going to enjoy it. Yeah, I did. I actually don't know. So you lose it track of time. By, yeah. yeah, you lose track of time. So I want to say thank you to you. Feel free to go to sleep after this because we've got a big game tomorrow against the academy. You know, the typical MLS preseason, yeah. but whatever. So thanks for, thanks for coming in. I wish you would have done it before, but I really enjoyed that. Thanks to producer, sorry, the producer, the Ryan Hale in the back. Thank you very much for everything. Thank you to Mountaineer Studios in Draper, Utah. The space is incredible and I do actually love coming here. And last but not least, to the listeners, thank you very much. We appreciate you. If you would like to reach out to, to me <laughs> via a different medium other than directly to me, please have a look at Real Salt Lake on all major social media platforms. We are still taking voice memos at digital, sorry, at digital at rsl.com. And I do actually have a, a playlist on Spotify, which I will somehow try and link. So... It's out there. It's real. Please give it a listen. I hope you enjoy it. And again, until next time, thank you very much. <laughs>